0: Checking out that restaurant you were telling me about. Oh yeah, did you go to Mark's Feed Store? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> no, we, ha- we haven't gone yet, but I was checking it out, and uh, I think we will definitely be visiting that within the next week or so. So it's
1: they're f- they're famous for their buttermilk pie. Their buttermilk pie. Huh? That's what they're famous for. That's their famous their most famous dish. Well, no, I, I think they have a lot of other stuff, but it's a fun restaurant. We use- Bob edwards and i used to go there and the funniest thing about that restaurant in louisville is bob is the most conscientious driver on earth he really is he's like he's like he's you know he's just a kind caring person and he parked and he parked in a normal place i mean it's a fine place it had little lines around it and stuff it wasn't illegal and this man came out of mark's feed store and said where'd you get your driver's license a box of cereal And I turned to the guy and said, thank you, good citizen. It's the concern like that over other people's business that makes this world a better place. You know, really snarky. Oh, yeah. And and Bob was just really quiet. And that really hurt his feelings. (laughs) I mean, like, I'll bet you to this day, he's not over that. He's talked to me about it because he's like, what did I do? I'm like, Bob, you don't have to do anything to make people mad. Hey everybody, welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. You can't go wrong, starting with a Bob Edwards story. You know, first of all, Bob's going to be completely horrified that I told that story. Because it it really did impact him. I think he couldn't figure out why the person was angry at where he parked. Even though I will tell you as an observer, I wouldn't say I was an objective observer, but I was an observer. It seemed like a fine place to park to me. But who knows? Who cares? Uh, you know, ultimately, that's how it goes. But I hadn't thought of that story in a million years. And we sat down to do a little pod. Well, in fact, the pod we were setting down to do is today's pod, and I'm very excited about it. And uh, and that story came up because we were talking about, oh, you know, restaurants, which is one of the things that I like to talk about. Probably too much. I bet I talk about them too much. It feels like I might be talking about them too much. That could be the case. But none, it, it's, it's great. You're going to have a good time. It's a, it's a good conversation. So how are you? Can you believe it? It's uh, the years just kind of zooming by. Things are happening. It's um, it's crazy. I guess in essence, from when this pod goes up, the summer's kind of officially over in North America, in, on our side of the world. For the rest of you guys on the other hemisphere, uh, it's just getting sweet. You're going into the to the spring summer season, and so that'll be exciting as well. We will share notes. On weather and exciting things that are associated with weather, as we progress, it's been um, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for me. It's so interesting to me that um, th- that these ideas we talk about spread out so quickly, and that so many people are interested in the information that we share. I guess what I would say, if I had to say it is I, I'm not sure we have answers for anybody. I, I've never thought that. Maybe you do. It'd be fun to talk to you about that. But what I do think we have is the ability to learn collectively. And that collective brain, what do they call it, the hive brain? I'm learning all these new phrases, hive brain. And then what is this these people are quitting silently or are calmly quitting? The, anyway, that, that's, a, that's a different topic. But the, the collective learning that's going on, It's pretty exciting. I mean, I've had some really interesting conversations, some a little more uh, uh, aggressive than others. (laughs) Maybe that's the way to say it. Although I find that I'm not as interested in uh, winning the argument as I once was. And are you the same way? I do think that's an interesting place, probably meaningful if we looked at some kind of research on this, the scope of how ideas happen that you get to a point where you're, you're less interested in winning the argument and more interested in just having the conversation. Um, and I'm not really sure what winning means because that's kind of a zero-sum equation that if I win, you lose, or if you lose, I win, vice versa. Right? But I do think the amount of conversations we're having has made a huge difference in what's going on. For me, you know, I'm just trying to keep my head down and ride my bicycle as much as I can, and that's been fun. If if you're not on board and haven't tried it yet, it's uh, I cannot say enough about the freedom, both actual freedom, because you're riding around on a bicycle, and kind of the mental freedom that riding a bicycle gives you, it's it's. It's a really good place to think. It, depending on where you're riding, if you're deep in traffic, you're probably pretty conscientious about the, uh, the sticky part of riding a bicycle in traffic, and you're always looking for sort of those escape routes. I mean, that's a, that's a part of what we talk about all the time. But when you get out kind of in the middle of nowhere, which I can do pretty easily because that's what New Mexico is famous for, it's, uh, it's really kind of a nice way to sort of cleanse the brain To forget about some stuff and think about other stuff and kind of look forward i like that and i invite you to uh, like it as well in fact i invite you at any time to uh come to santa fe and we'll go riding bikes together a bunch of people have taken me up on this too i mean this has been a really interesting part of (laughs) what's happened is that we get to go ride around and explore the bike trails you know maybe if we're lucky stop and get a burrito, you know, that's always kind of potentially in the process, because there's really two types of people that ride bicycles, and you can kind of tell by what they wear. There's one group of people who are hardcore cyclists, and they wear all the cyclist outfit, you know, a lot of spandex and fancy pants shoes and all sorts of jerseys. Those are people that ride to ride, you know, to ride, to 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 burn the watts, to get things out there. And then there's the second group, and that group, you can sort of tell by what they wear because they're dressed pretty casually, and they're riding usually for lunch. You can probably guess which one I am. I'm I'm not so much on the spandex jersey ride-to-ride crowd side of the equation. I'm more on the uh, let's go have lunch. Let's ride a bike and have lunch which I think is actually an excellent way to ride a bicycle because it gives you a target. You have a destination. You have something you're going to do. Then there's an activity involved, usually kind of a delicious activity, that could, if you feel the need, include dessert. And then when that's done, you let things settle a little, if you know what I mean, and then you ride back. And that is a pretty darn exciting ride. That is how I ride bicycles. And people ask me all the time, what's it like? Well, that's what it's like. So if you come and ride with me, it's a pretty good bet we're going to go someplace and have lunch. And we're lucky because there are lots of destinations depending on what you desire and kind of what I desire where we can go and have lunch. But see, that's, that's wide open. The big talk is about the workshop that moved from October to February. So we've got a workshop coming up. It's an open workshop. Man, a ton of you are interested in attending this, which sounds great. It looks like it's going to kind of be the same. There's going to be some guest speaker action. um, But mostly it's just a chance for us to get together and talk about what we need to talk about. It will start with the fundamentals because that's seems to be the itch that people need scratched. That's the one that people want. So that'll be fun. I mean, that'll be a good time as well. Plus, you know, we'll just have a great time. That That's ultimately... The goal is to have a great time. you know, Make it a meaningful experience so that that's a part of it. Speaking of that, let's talk about Nick Peasley and the pod you're about to listen to. So this is an interesting pod um, because Nick actually contacted me and said, you don't talk enough about people at the beginning of their career. And that's something we ought to talk about more. And I listened to him carefully and thought, man, he's exactly right. You know, sometimes... You just need to be told you're missing stuff. That's how blind spots work. And clearly I had a blind spot. And he said, I want to hear more discussions from people who are at the beginning of their career and, and how they're managing their career arc and, you know, the the questions that you'd ask sort of at the beginning of the journey. And I said, that is a great idea. Why don't we talk to you? And he said, well, okay. but I mean, I'm not sure he wanted to have this conversation, but it, we had this conversation and it's great. I mean, you're going to love it. Because Nick's, to a great extent, thought about these issues because he's in the midst of them. And even if you've been in the career for a long time, and lots of us who hang out on this podcast have been in the career for a long time, I think it's still, I found it personally incredibly valuable to listen to Nick talk about the world he's in now and how different it was than the world I started was, and how he's looking at moving and what motion looks like, and what plans look like and how it's hard to make plans in a world full of uncertainty. And it just became a really interesting pod. I think you'll like it a lot because it's that good. So let me shut up. We've talked enough. I mean, I went on a long time about bike riding. I don't know why. I must have gone on a tangent. Let's actually open this up to Nick Peasley. So without any further ado, this is young Nick Peasley on the Pre-Accident Podcast. Enjoy. Well, so Nick, tell me, introduce yourself, and tell me why we're talking today, because I'm actually kind
0: of excited that you called me. Hey, so my name is Nick Peasley. I am a uh, regional safety manager. I come from a little town in southeastern Washington called Walla Walla. Uh, So nice, they named it twice. I'm a Central Washington University grad. Uh, bachelor's in Occupational Safety and Health Management, and I reached out to Todd because I really think it would be uh, beneficial to a lot of the listeners, especially the the younger ones, maybe out there, the ones just starting in the profession, to get kind of a, an insight from someone who who has been in the profession for the the first three to five years, it's still early on in, in my career, uh, most definitely. And I think to have a perspective from from me or someone like me. Um, early on in your career and just kind of giving you hey here's maybe a couple obstacles or here's a couple things that i ran into uh, early on in my profession or things that if i could look back on maybe i would have done a little differently i think that could uh, that could really help put some uh, people's perspective um maybe where they want it and hopefully i could help a couple young uh, young professionals out in the process so i appreciate the heck out of you for having me on talk
1: and i think it's super interesting i mean that's that's an interesting topic for sure so after you graduate tell me the story from there what was your first job was it hard to get was it difficult did you apply a lot what happened
0: yeah so we actually with the program that i was in at central washington university we had to do a couple of internships so um my first job was with a a company called skansky usa building um and i I joined them right out of college and that was a, a safety coordinator position helping out on the microsoft campus
1: and did they did they offer you the job before you graduated? Yes. Okay. Yes cool. So
0: cool. It, it it was a oh well, actually I take that back Todd so I was actually working for a company uh, called uh, Prime Electric and then I got offered the job uh-huh. at Skansky USA Building so um, uh, the job out of college um, that I got offered in college was called Prime Electric they're a little subcontracting electrical company um, and then the company that I worked for after that was Skansky USA. Um, over on the western side of, of Washington State, on the Microsoft campus. How was that? So,
1: how was those first jobs? I mean, were they? Were you scared? Were you freaked out? Was it overwhelming? I, were you disappointed? I was terrified.
0: <laughs> I, I was definitely, uh, I was definitely terrified to walk in on my first day, especially on a construction site. Um, for those of you out there who are, who have been or are in the construction industry, um, talking to your first superintendent straight out of college, talking to someone who's 20, 30 years older than you are, um, when you're fresh fresh out of college can be, uh, absolutely a little intimidating. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was pretty, I, I can tell you right now, I was pretty, pretty shy and pretty timid the first, probably four to six months, um, of that first job.
1: Wow. That's, that's remarkable. So what'd you do? How'd you, how'd you, uh, build that confidence? How did you make those relationships? What happened that first job?
0: So I think a big part of how I started to build those relationships um, were my first couple of bosses, especially my boss at Skanska. So um, she was fantastic in a sense that she would put me in positions um, that would allow me to fail, but allow me to fail in a positive way. Uh So after I went and had a conversation, maybe with a superintendent or after I went and had a a conversation with a project manager, we would sit down. Or she would sit down with me specifically and go, "Hey, you know what? This is what you did good. This is what you maybe didn't do so well. And here is how I think you could improve that conversation, or prove, uh, or improve how you get that conversation across to that senior level leader, maybe a little bit better." So she really let me dive into the conversation, knowing, knowing well that I was probably going to fail, Um, and I knew that myself as well. But we, we made it productive in a sense that we sat down and talked about it and we didn't just fail for no reason. Um, we failed to learn uh, and we learned in a, in a productive way moving forward so that I wouldn't maybe fail in the same way uh, twice.
1: That's remarkable. And I always think about this too. You don't want a boss that stands behind you and you don't want a boss that stands in front of you. You want a ba- boss that stands next to you. And it's that, it's that mutual shared journey that you guys take together that actually helps develop and and there's nothing better than, than a a great boss to sort of set the tone. How do you think that's impacted you so far? I mean, do you still think about her?
0: Absolutely. I still have a pretty dang good relationship with her. Nice, And I think that if if there's anything I could say is that if you are fresh out of college or you're just starting your profession, um, when you are interviewing for that first job or a job early on in your career, one of the things that you really need to pay attention to is, is who would you be working for and what do they see in you or how would they add value to you as a young professional? Um, and luckily with her, um, she was, she was way out in front of the game with that. She knew what to do and how to, how to provide value to me as a young professional. But I think looking as a young professional, looking, um, at your boss or who you would be working for, um, can add value tremendously and kind of get you maybe a, a couple steps ahead in the game. Um, rather than just taking a job to take a job. That was something that I learned pretty quick on is don't just take a job to, to collect a paycheck and, and just to have a job, but have a job because you can see yourself three to five positions higher within that organization after that initial job. And a big part of that I learned or have learned is is who, you, who you're working for and what they can do for you.
1: Yeah, and that, that's a brilliant, I mean, that's really a brilliant strategy. You probably can't say that enough times. What technical knowledge did you develop and what technical knowledge did you bring in with you? Because I, I want to sort of touch on the technical part of the job a little bit, because I think that scares people, and it probably shouldn't.
0: Yeah, so there was there's quite a bit of technical knowledge that we learned uh, in college, or that we got um, got provided to us within college. So I think maybe where the industry has shifted a little bit, maybe within the past ten to fifteen years, is there there are a lot more safety professionals coming out uh, or going to college for the safety profession, which is a little different, I think, and you could maybe speak to this. Yeah, uh, it is. It's- 10, 15, 10 to 15 years ago, that wasn't maybe r- really happening um, as it is today. And the technical knowledge that we were provided in college um, was surrounded by, there was there was a lot of compliance involved. There was a lot of compliance-related issues that we learned um, or surrounded ourselves within at Central Washington University. But most of the technical knowledge that, that we learned was getting to know um, how the worker works and why they work that way, right so not just accusing the worker and moving on with your day and saying and patting yourself on the shoulder and saying, Hey, you know what? Um, this is exactly what we need to do as a company, and it's always the worker's fault and we can move on, but our our program director really made it. Um, he really made it present that we needed to focus from a technical knowledge aspect on, hey, maybe this is a process, maybe this is a flaw in our process as a company, or maybe maybe a company could support this employee a little bit better within the process, and we need to take a step back and really analyze those processes or procedures to help make sure that not only can we fit the work to the worker, but can we fit um, the mentality or the mental aspect of that work to the worker as well, and and how does that provide um, a, a sufficient and prolonged career for that employee. Um, so yeah, I think from a technical aspect, there is, uh, I, I gained a lot from, from college and and what we uh, what we went through at Central.
1: That's great. I mean, to an extent, you're bringing a relatively new message to a job site sometimes. It depends kind of where you go, I guess. But I think you're right. I think 15, 20 years ago, it's not that there, there just weren't a lot of programs. And so people didn't have the opportunity to go through and, and take some post-secondary um, schooling to learn to be safe to people. You know, we generally grew our own, which was great, too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as well. But now there are more opportunities for us to actually um, maybe raise the bar of professionalism a little. And I think that's made a huge difference. And especially with that kind of message, that's that's a really important message to, to take on. How did you manage? uh, Let me uh, not make that past tense. How are you managing your career arc now? Where do you see yourself in five years? Which is the cheesiest question (laughs) of all questions to ask. That is super cheesy,
0: but I think it's, it fits Yeah. No, so I definitely I think in order to progress in your career, you have to think about or have the tough conversation with yourself about what you do well and what you don't do well um, right now in my career. So something that I try and keep tried and true to myself is having those tough conversations with me right now in the moment and being realistic as to what I am not very good at and what I am pretty good at and then really, really, really focusing um, or putting a concerted effort in those things that maybe I'm not so good at. And where I see myself in five years um, is with a company that I love and managing, uh, having a territory um, somewhere that I can really progress in my career or with a company that allows me to progress as much as I want to in a career. And I don't ever want a company to tell me, um, no, I always want that company to say, hey, you know what? Yes, maybe there's a couple things you need to work on to jump up to a director Or a VP, but here are those things that you need to work on. And we come, we can come to an agreement and make sure that, hey, if you do these things, then you will be, uh, you will be pushed forward within our organization. So I think where I see myself five years, I couldn't tell you (laughs) specifically where, who, or, or why I'll be there, or I can, I guess, tell you a little bit why, but I want to make sure that I'm with a company that, uh, that will really progress me or has a, has a vision for myself, um, as a professional rather than me. Um, kind of trying to figure it out all on my own.
1: How are you continuing your learning?
0: So continuing my learning, I am a uh, I am a big fan of professional development. So right now, I'm going back to school. Um, a couple quarters in to obtaining my uh, MBA degree. So I have a CSP. I got my CSP as soon as I was, as soon as I was eligible. Um, I also have an ASP and a GSP. Um, but how I am continuing to challenge and push myself uh, from a from a professional development aspect is me going back and I really want to know in depth the financial side of uh-huh. the safety profession and I think the MBA will allow me to to really dig into that and understand um not only the human aspect but also the financial aspect uh, of the business cuz in the at the end of the day it is a business right we need to be able to speak to those kinds of things uh, within our organization what surprised you the most I would say the people Todd Oh good <laughs> that's that's a great yeah. answer man yeah, yeah, the people—the people have probably, definitely, uh, definitely surprised me the most. And I would say that you learn something from everyone. And early on in my career, I'm still pretty early on, but I think that something that I've really taken to heart is that whether you have a good boss, a bad boss, or a kind of indifferent boss, um, you learn something from everybody. And don't be negative about that individual if you don't like them. And don't over, don't over, don't put all your eggs in one basket if you do like them. And I think that when we learn something from everyone um, from a professional aspect, we are truly getting better. Right. And you can't just show up to work and say, Hey, you know what? I don't like my boss or I don't like the superintendent or whoever I'm working with. And and then just be stagnant in your career. You have to take, Hey, you know what? Maybe this person doesn't do something that I like, but why don't I like that? And how do I overcome that uh, from a professional aspect? So I think definitely um, the people, and I'm sure you, uh, being where you are and what you do, you have met some very interesting people yourself. But I would say, yeah, the people have definitely surprised me, and continue
1: <laughs> they, they to are, surprise me. It's kind of it's kind of cool in a way because you're exactly right. The, the people never cease to amaze me, and one of the things that amazes me is how resilient people are. And how the people we work with and the people we work for have been through so much. I mean, they know so much. They've been through so many experiences. And they just keep getting up every day and doing the job to the best of their ability. And for the most part, that's the most encouraging thing. I mean, once you sort of tap into that energy, it's really powerful. What do you think led you into safety?
0: Well, I've told uh, told multiple people this. I wish I had some some grand elaborate answer for that. You should make it up. You should say exactly why I got into safety. But um, the reality of it is, is that it fits my personality. And in college, I had some friends who were going through the same program that I eventually went uh, through at Central. And it just matched up with my personality, who I am, what I want from a quality of life aspect. And it's been very uh, beneficial to me not only from a a compensation or professional growth standpoint, but just as a human, just to be able to get to to go around and talk and hear people out on a day-to-day basis. Um, I think going back to the people aspect is I've probably learned the most um, in my career from the most humble people that I've worked with. It's not the person who is coming up to me and having a conversation with me every time I go to a site or every time I visit a location. It's usually the person That is maybe in the back corner and has a wealth of knowledge but is a little bit more private about who or where they share that with and i think i have learned a a tremendous amount from those individuals that um that are maybe a little bit more humble or quiet than i have from from the the people who are always coming up and asking me the question what a
1: great answer although i would give you some advice make up some kind of dramatic story uh involving (laughs) like a school bus full of nuns careening off a mountain in walla walla and you jumped from your truck onto the bus and climbed through a window and saved their life, and that's when you realize. Well, I think I will. I think I will
0: take that story right there, word for word, Todd, you know, and I will use that. that moving forward. Yeah,
1: I think that. I think that's. It's all about the drama, so I think the drama is good. Now you said something really important, and I wouldn't ask this question, but you sort of broached it, and it's probably one we should talk about. How do you feel about the compensation part of it? Are, are safety people generally well compensated? Is it a good? Is it a good field to move into?
0: Absolutely. I would say for any young for any kid going through college who's maybe thinking or on the line as far as, hey, what profession or what what uh, where should I go with my career? I think it's a fantastic career option for uh, young professionals, and I think it's treated me very well and will only continue to treat me very well. But I think it's a very we are compensated very fairly and especially right out of college, the job placement. Um, whether you go to Central Washington University, Slippery Rock, wherever it is, right. I think that they do such a good job nowadays within those programs about placement, job placement, which is, hey, that takes all the pressure off me as a, as a kid going to college that I actually have a job and I have a job with a reputable company, that the compensation part um, is built in to how those programs are interacting with those companies on the forefront. So I think from a compensation aspect, It's pretty unbelievable what some of these kids are making out of college now. Um, And I think it will only continue to be uh, shed a little bit more light on. Um, But I think if I would have known about the safety profession earlier or what it was, what it was involving or who the people that I would get to interact and the compensation that I would be um, given for what I do, because I I, I talk to people and I listen to people. And uh, luckily, the company that I work for pays me very well to do that. Um, but I think for any young professional who doesn't know what they want to do, um, this is a very rewarding uh, profession, and the sky's the limit. I think hopefully you would agree with that. The sky is the limit within the safety profession, and you you can make – Uh, what you put into
1: it. There certainly is a high need. I mean, there's a great need for people and there's a great need for good people and good people tend to really move quickly. So here's the million dollar question, I guess, maybe. Man, let's say it's a half million dollar question, (laughs) but it's a pretty good question nonetheless. And that is, tell us what you wish you would have known. Tell us the things you wish you would have known before you went into the process. What, What have you learned five years out of school, what are the great lessons and tips? What are the hints you can give people that you think have
0: the most value
1: That's a lot of pressure, but I'm pretty sure
0: you can step up to the plate <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple of different things I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because that's something that i am I'm pretty passionate about and try and share whenever I can. So the first thing that I would say that would have helped me out a little bit more in my career or early on in my career was that it's it's important to have the hard conversation, whether that is with a boss, an employee. Whoever it may be, it is important to have the hard, difficult conversations, because the more you have those hard, difficult conversations, the easier that they become. And the earlier on that you do that, I was very, very intimidated when I first walked onto a job site. Like I said, I had to have those conversations with a superintendent. But if I would have made myself or forced myself to to just walk into those conversations and have them, in order to be good at something, you actually have to do it first, right? yeah and I was pretty I was pretty timid early on in my career about ever even having those conversations or trying to steer away from those conversations um, with any of those sorts of people like I said, whether that was a superintendent, a project manager, or even my boss. Um, and that kind of leads me into the second thing is is fighting or advocating for yourself there is there's a lot of room within the safety profession um, to grow as a professional and don't ever let someone tell you no. Um, or if they tell you no, really sit down and think why they told you no. But um, advocating for myself a little bit more early on in my career probably would have helped me. And I think people don't people don't, or young professionals specifically, um, they don't realize the value of what they bring to the company or the value that they can bring to the company. And I think that kind of that's kind of what sets some of the uh, career progression young professionals, their career progression back a couple years is maybe not advocating for themselves as much as they should have early on in their career. And if you have a good boss or you have someone who is really advocating for you as a professional as well above you, it it can only help you um, in in the long run. And I think that looking back, those are kind of the two things that I would definitely say on top of certifications are, are important in the industry that we do and Um, I wouldn't obtain those, and luckily I was given the information as to why those are important in our industry. But um, I would say advocating for myself and having those hard conversations, or challenging yourself to go do the hard things, and not just to go do the easy things, because when we do the harder things in life, it makes us a better person, Um, and it makes it has certainly made me a better professional. That I'm I'm trying to outsource, or I'm trying to charge towards the things that are very hard because I know that those will make me better. And if I would have done that earlier on in my career, it probably would have helped me out um, a little bit more.
1: See what I mean? I told you it's going to be a great conversation and it truly was. That was fun. Thank you, Nick. You, my friend, added much to the world. I don't know if you know you did it, but you did it. And I'm proud of you. And it was fun talking to you. That's the pod. See you next time and tell your friends, sign up, smash the like button all that stuff you're supposed to say which i don't really understand why we say it but everybody says it so i should say it that's how it works right until then learn something new every single day bet you did today have as much fun as you possibly can be kind to each other uh even if they park in a crazy place and for goodness sakes be safe